Buffalo Bills fans, built in Buffalo family, what's up? What's going on? We got another show over off the edge today. Um, we'll be talking some Buffalo Bills. It was a rough one, right? It was a rough one. Everybody's still feeling it. Everybody's still ha- having it hit them hard. Just can't wait for Sunday to get here again. We got a great show for you to, for you tonight. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and uh, let's just get right into it. Off the Edge starts right now. What's going on, Bills Mafia? It's another show. We're off the off the edge tonight. As you can see, Dave is not able to join us tonight, um, but we are joined by Izzy. I think you all know him. You've definitely seen him. If you've watched plenty of Built in Buffalo content, you've definitely seen him all over uh, all over Built in Buffalo's page. Izzy, how you doing? Uh, welcome and thanks for joining us. I'm doing better now that you know the game is a few days removed. I'm definitely feeling much better about progress in the season. Yeah, yeah, it was a rough one. I think everybody knows that. Everybody felt it that night, Tuesday, today. They're gonna feel it probably the rest of the week. It's it's one of the tough ones to swallow. Um, but let's just get right into it. What are your just initial thoughts on the game? Obviously, you know, the the biggest takeaway is Josh. But besides maybe Josh, what did you take away from the game? Whether it was offense, defense, um, just what did you love about the team so that against the Jets? What did you hate besides maybe the turnovers? Uh, okay. So excluding Josh Allen, I think the rest of the team actually played fairly well. Um, you know, we had our guys who were their weak points, you know, most of those were expected, you know, Terrell Bernard, you know, kind of eased his way in, didn't look so great to begin with, but kind of got better as the game went on. Uh, and then, uh, Spencer Brown, same thing, you know, his first start healthy since his rookie season. And, you know, other than that, you know, I thought it was pretty good. I thought, Christian Benford, you know, showed himself well. Um, he had one pass where he gave up to, uh, uh, was it a Garrett Wilson for a first down that kind of had me at odds. But outside of that, you know, you're talking about a six-round pick who came in here and, and played well in his yeah. first start this year because he started last year too, and he won the job this year. Uh, I thought there was a lot of good things. The defense played well to me. The, the offense, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think – when we look at the defense, we'll start just start looking into the defense first. But the defense, right? They didn't they didn't play bad. They played pretty well. Obviously, we didn't see them too much against Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers did go down with the injury, which we'll get into a little bit later. Um, but yeah, Christian Benford, he was a guy that I did want to highlight. You know, he won the job again. Right, last year he won the job. This year he won the job. Played well again. Um, defensive line, I think, looked great. They, they they got some pressure, right? Obviously, they got pressure that caused Aaron Rodgers to go out of the game. Um, but just down the line, I think they got pressure, um, whether it was Ed, who, you know, was looking good pass rush-wise, maybe struggled a little bit against the run, but don't think he struggled as much as his PFF grade showed. Groot, I think, looked great, especially early on. Early on, it seemed like he was beaten back in majority of the time, it seems like, especially when Rodgers was there. He seemed a little pumped up for week one, get, got ready to go. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, it, the defense to me was impressive. It, there were still some spots that I was like, okay, they got to fix. And I do want to ask you the one guy that still is, the one position that actually still is kind of up in the air to me and still is a bit of a concern to me is middle linebacker. Kirksey didn't play, probably, you know, just getting him still used to the, 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 the playbook used to the defense bernard had a few good plays but also had some very tough moments against the jets so what do you think of the middle linebacker spot do you think it's still a big concern and do you think kirksey needs to be a starter sunday against the raiders i think it's too early to tell about kirksey being a starter sunday uh i think bernard again he got better as the game went on uh maybe that's because the jets got tired or maybe you know he's just getting his feet wet because he missed most of the preseason. Didn't get to play until today uh, outside of the first preseason game. So I think that Bernard uh, has time before Kirksey gets the defense and it's really going to be up to Bernard to solidify himself as that middle linebacker one for this team. Uh, If he continues to struggle, I think you'll see Kirksey 
maybe week three, week four. But if not, you know, it's Bernard's job to keep. Yeah. Yeah, I think the well, one thing that does worry me, the one thing that does worry me about Bernard is you saw it a couple times against the Jets. Is he he plays fast? He's a very fast player, and I love that about him. Sometimes he does get caught up a little too high. He goes, he he just the ball snap, boom, he's he's going right to the ball, which yes, that's a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing because then he gets caught behind, you know, a pulling guard or just whatever it is, and there's an, there's an open lane for a Breeze Hall, for a Dalvin Cook. So that that worries me a little bit on top of I think he still is and I, I usually don't care about undersized linebackers, but he's undersized and physically getting dominated at times. You saw it a couple times where he would just get straight up pancaked. Does that aspect of Bernard worry you at all? Or is it something that you think he can make up for with his speed, with his just football instincts to just go get the ball? I think either one of those is possible, but I think it's more likely that with time and the scheme, and learning that he's not going to be able to take on offensive linemen straight up, like Matt Milano. Matt Milano doesn't – you don't see him take on offensive linemen straight up. He works his way around. And he's not as fast as Terrell Bernard. Matt Milano's a, what, 4 6 eight, 40 guy. Terrell Bernard's a four four two guy. So if he learns how to use his short burst speed more effectively and learn to stop and then work his way around and then use that speed, I think that could be something that's beneficial to the defense. However – it's still early, and for me, it's too early to tell. Uh, he's one of those guys I see a lot of people say, Terrell Bernard sucks, and I'm like, we haven't seen him. Like This is his first game starting as a pro at linebacker. He hasn't started a game at linebacker yet as a pro until now, and yeah. surprise, surprise, it was up and down. Yeah. yeah, and I do actually want to point out this comment that just came in from James. That's That, to me, is the perfect, perfect way to sum it up. It, it's a huge ask for a guy to come in who – has never started a game, starts now, and on top of it, doesn't even, like you said, didn't didn't play in the preseason, who has to come in now, play a Jets team, and then all of a sudden the quarterback that he studied, the quarterback that he thought he was playing against, it's completely different now, literally two drives into the game. So I think, yeah, early on he was probably a little bit, didn't know what was to, to do because the, the game plan might have completely changed on defense. And I think you saw it right when Zach Wilson came into the game was – a lot of what they did with Rodgers early on, and I know it was a very, very small sample size, it seemed to change, not entirely, but just a little bit, where it seemed like they knew, okay, it's Zach Wilson now. We don't have to do be as aggressive or have to you know, take some chances as, as we did with maybe Rodgers. Um, so I think you know he did get better as the game went on. That was a positive, like you said. And I think we'll see it throughout the season and hopefully he can improve throughout the season. Um, I do still want to see a little bit of Dorian Williams. I will be interested to see Kirksey, but it's, it's nice to at least see somebody that can be next to Matt Milano and still be on a defense that keeps us, keeps the bills in the game because the defense still played great with those little faults that Bernard had. Um, so sticking with the defense though, we went over a little bit of Benford, right? We went over a little bit of Bernard, when it comes to Benford, though, this is one thing we did we we didn't really talk about too much. What does this now mean for a guy like Kair Elam? Obviously, he was a healthy scratch. Didn't play. He was a healthy scratch last year for a game. I don't know if it was more than one. I believe it was just one though. Um, he was a healthy scratch. So, do you think this is something that now puts Elam in a tougher position? Um, what do you think? they should do do with him going forward because it just seems like they have had him for over a year now and it seems like they don't really have a huge plan for him or they don't know not necessarily a plan they just don't know where and when to use him so what do you think of just the elam situation and what do you think benford is putting even more pressure on elam and the coaching staff to decide what they're going to do with elam so first thing i'm going to say is that the bills defense doesn't really need outstanding corner play it just doesn't. It's designed to, you know, mask coverages. Guys just have to do his job. His 111, so to speak, as Sean McDermott says, that really applies more to the defense than it does the offense. You cover your area, you do your job, and it's going to be easier on everybody. And as a scheme fit, Benford is more of a scheme fit in his defense. He played more zone scheme, cover two, cover three, cover six at Villanova. Whereas in the SEC, Kyrie Elam was a press man corner. And everybody's heard this before, and they're going to hear it again. Um, 
Elam is now learning to make the zone scheme his primary function. And that's not an easy ask of somebody who's used to being on somebody's hip pocket. And I don't see it as a detriment as bad as some other people do. But I still see it as an uphill climb for Elam. He's going to have an uphill climb up this roster to be even dressed on game day at this point. So Kyir Elam is going to have to really buckle down, which we know he's putting in the work. We already have seen his work ethic. It's not a work ethic issue. It's it's a scheme fit issue. And I think that if after this season we don't see an uptick in his play, year three, maybe a year where they look to move on from him, trade him, whatever, maybe to a team that's going to benefit him more. Uh, I doubt that the Bills are looking for that whole, you know, he fits more here, so let's send him there. They're going to look for the best compensation. But I think that there are other teams that run defenses that would have benefited him out the gate better than the Bills do. And so yeah. when you have a guy like Christian Benford who is not a slouch athletically, he, he ran in the four fours. You know, yeah. he is a good zone coverage guy. He, he, he gets the scheme. He got it last year off the bat. Like, if you look at that first game against the Dolphins last year, it was him and Dane Jackson. And if you look at that game, you know, what's his uh, – Tyreek Hill had, what, three catches for 30 yards? Yeah. Against yeah. Dane Jackson and, and, and Benford? But that's that's a that's a really good grade, in my opinion, for those two guys. Granted, I'd rather see Kyrie Elam than Dane Jackson because I thought Kyrie Elam showed improvement. But he's too handsy. He's got to really learn to not use his hands so much against wide receivers. And so I think that this is really going to depend on how Kyrie Elam learns to be less handsy and commit less penalties, because I think that's really what's holding him out is the penalties, not the the play, because he can play, and he was getting better last year with the scheme. But also, you have Trey White on the other side, and you're not, you're not beating out Trey White. It's not happening. So you're going to put Trey White out there and then the best other zone coverage guy, and that's, that's Christian Benford. Yeah, I... I... I agree with pretty much everything you said there. And I do, I do think it's too early to, to talk about trading him. I, I just think one, you're not going to, I don't think you're going to get what you want from a Kyrie trade right now. Um, I mean, if you're not playing him that, what does that tell the other teams? And the other teams, they do their homework too. This isn't just, Oh, this guy was a first round pick. Let's trade now him for a third round. Like that's not like, that's not how these GMs are working. They're going to watch what they, that they see. And I don't think it's – I'm not ready to give up on him yet. He's got the physical tools to be a great cornerback in this league. And that, to me, is – it's hard to find a guy at that, that size, that speed, and to be able to have those hands abilities. And yes, he gets caught sometimes with his hands, but he still also can play press coverage. He can play that physical play, physical style of, of – That goal line. Yeah, he can be a goal. And and like you said, he's played well in certain points. He's he's had his faults, but he's also played very well. He played well in the uh, playoffs last year, in my opinion. He looked better as the season went on. And I just think if you trade him, you're going to see him go to maybe another team, like you said, that fits better. And then what all, all of a sudden it's, oh, why did we trade him? He's looking great against some for another team. It's oh, the Bills, there's another bean mistake. And that's what we're just going to hear time after time again. Now, yes, in a year, if he doesn't show improvement this season, if training camp, he's still kind of struggling, sure, go entertain the option. But this is year two we're talking about here. Like, this isn't a guy who has been struggling. He didn't play 16 games last year and show no improvement. He didn't come into camp looking horrible this year compared to what he has looked like. It's just a guy who's getting used to this scheme still, has shown some improvement in some areas, and just needs that little bit of extra work on his game and a little bit of extra maybe maybe more, not even just work on his game, but work on his mental mindset when it comes to how to play a McDermott defense. So I think it's just it's too early, and I think it's good that you have a guy like Benford. However, I will say I'm really not a fan of, of the scratching, healthy scratching him. And I know yeah. you saw me say it when we talked about it right when the game, before the game. I, I get the reasoning why they did it. I just am not a huge fan of it because, for me, play the young guys. Play the young guys. And 
we've seen him, like I said, we've just seen him make these plays before that he can make plays. He's made play. He he picked off Mahomes in the playoffs. He bingo you know, on the playoffs in the regular season. Oh, regular season, yes. We didn't play him in the playoffs. Oh yes, it was regular season. What am I thinking? I'm. I must be thinking. Oh yeah, but it was playoffs. But he didn't. He, he didn't have a pick in the playoffs, though. I believe. Yeah, I guess right? the Dolphins. Yes, Dolphins. He, he not, sealed the game off for us. Yeah, not not. Sorry, I just mixed up teams. Um, so yeah, so he had he's I'm made plays before, and I. This is also another comment that I'm gonna bring up here. Perfect. That is that is the best way I can really describe it. Do you want to look at Elam and then all of a sudden now two three years later look at it the way same way we look at Wyatt Teller? So it's just it's too early to me. Do you have any other last thoughts on Elam? The next the next comment. But what has he done? I don't know. He two interceptions last year as a rookie, then one into the playoffs. Uh, he's done some positive things. He's grown since his rookie year. Yeah. Here's the thing though, he's not the only one. He was the, he was. A rookie last year, and so was Benford. So they both grew. Yeah. And Benford is now better in the NFL than he was, and so is Elam. And so yeah. growing together, look, Trey White's 29? 29, 28, I'll look it up. He's 29, I think, 20, 28, 29. So if, if Trey White's 28, 29, and we have Kyrie Elam for four more years this year and three more after that, if you include his fifth-year option, he could be the guy that, after Trey White is gone, has one year, two years left on his deal, and then becomes that opposite CB from Benford. I wouldn't say CB1, CB2, because I don't really look at him that way in this defense, because they don't switch sides. So the number one receiver, wherever he's at, that guy's technically CB1 to me. And so yeah. same with the Jets. Like, when Diggs was on the left-hand side and, and playing against DJ Reed, he was the number one corner at that point, in my opinion. He's guarding the number one receiver for the opposing team. That that is not exclusive to I'm the guy who's the best on his team. No, no, no. It's whoever's guarding the number one receiver. And so yeah. if that's your responsibility, then that's who it is. But Kyrie Elam last year showed improvement. Benford got hurt, but still improved. And this offseason still won the job. I don't think that's an indictment on Kyrie Elam. I think that's a raving review of Christian Benford. Yeah, I was actually just going to ask you, do you think it makes it would make a huge difference in the way people look at Kyrie Elam if Christian Benford was not on the Buffalo Bills right now? I think that he would have won the CB1, the CB2 job. CB2. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think that too. I just, I, I think with Benford being a sixth round rookie that is playing this well, it makes people look at Elam in a different way, in a different light. Um, but bottom line is defense still looks good. It's a good it, it it's a good problem to have to have too many guys to, to play one position, and that that's a good problem to have in my opinion. It, it, yes, it can hurt in certain ways, but it also is a good problem to have. Like teams would rather have that problem than have a problem of what are we doing with this position here, because they have no. Some teams have no idea. There, the Bills are in the position of we have no idea what we're doing at cornerback two because we have three guys that we believe can potentially play there. Maybe Elon has slipped a little bit off the race compared to Dane Jackson in the eyes of McDermott and everything, but he's he can play cornerback too for a Bills winning Bills team, I think. I think the depth chart says a lot too, because they have Kyrie Elam behind Trey White, and they mm -hmm. have Dane Jackson behind Christian Benford. Now, does that really translate as in if Christian Benford goes down, is Dane Jackson going in? Maybe. Yeah. And is if Trey White goes down, is Kyrie Elam going in? I think probably. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. That's that's that to me, that's a good indication as to what they're reading these guys. The best man corner on this team is Kyrie Elam. Trey White is the second best man corner, but best overall corner is Trey White. Yeah. And so with Kyrie Elam being the fourth best overall corner, technically, if your best man corner, who is the best overall corner, goes down, you're gonna put in your best man corner after that. Yeah. Yeah, well, we just kind of went on a little tangent of Kyrie Elam, but I think it's it's something that is worth noting, and it's worth that will it, it's something that throughout the season will even become a bigger conversation. Say if it's week eight and they're still healthy, scratching them week nine, then I think that then you start to question a little more. But it's week one. Even though I even I was one that was saying no, I didn't love the Elam sitting. It's week one. We'll see. We have a long season to go. We all know that the many emotions we can have during the season. Um, but that's, I think, enough talk about the defense. We talked a lot about the defense. Um, one more thing before we go. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. 
I think that they set Kyrie Elam because in this game against the Jets defense, the Bills offense was more of a priority. So they yeah. played more offensive players than they would have normally because the Jets defense is top five. Yeah. And so you sit one guy on defense extra because they're, the Jets offense hasn't shown to be that great. And so you sit one guy on defense extra and you bring one more offensive player in. Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. I've yeah, I mean, we'll we'll never know the official reason of why they sat Elam. I mean, I've even heard people say, I heard one report saying that Elam the day of the game or the practice before was feeling a little weird with his knee or ankle or something, and they wanted to play it safe. But that would be on the injury report, in my opinion. Who knows what the real thing is? Who knows why they sat him? Uh, maybe we'll get a you know an answer sooner than later, but. At this point, we don't officially know. Yeah. But onto the offense, we're gonna just let's let's ignore Josh right now. Just ignore Josh. I got three different things I want to bring to you, and the first one I'm gonna start off with is Deontay Hardy. And I think you you saw me say this a little bit earlier today. You saw early on they used him a lot early on, mm -hmm. very early. It was dump the ball into his hands, get him the ball, and then you kind of saw it disappear for a while. You kind yeah. of just didn't really hear Hardy's name. You didn't maybe even see him too much. I know they ran a lot of 12 personnel, and he's not really going to be on the field too much, I believe, in that, that situation. So what do you think of Hardy's usage, and do you think that they need to just keep him involved in this game plan? Um, I think they use him a lot like they normally use Isaiah McKenzie. A lot of gadget plays, some short screens, you know, uh, jet sweeps, tosses even at running back at one time. Uh, I think that you'll see his true receiving skills emerge later in the season. Uh, I think that you, we will see an uptick in his play. I do like what they did with him early, you know, bringing him along slowly, but still using him. Um, his usage is going to be hindered a little bit by the usage of Kincaid. I mean, we didn't see much of Sherfield. That was one thing I was actually going to ask, too. That Does that shock you at all with how much we didn't see Sherfield? So he was on the field plenty. Mm -hmm. He just didn't see any targets. Yeah. And that, that tells me that the Jets' corners had a beat on him already. He played for Miami last year, so they saw him twice last year, too. Now they see him this year in our offense. We ran a lot of 12 personnel. And so it seemed like they cheated more attention towards the wide receiver side because you'd see Dawson Knox and Kincaid on one side, and you see – you know, Sherfield and Diggs or Sherfield and Davis or Davis and Diggs on one side, and they would cheat more to the receiver side than they did the the, the, the tight end side. And that cost them at times because of because of Kincaid. But when Deontay Hardy was out there, it seemed like they disregarded him at times. And he was able to, you know, get make some plays. And so I think that they'll sprinkle in a little bit more Deontay Hardy than we saw in this game, especially against teams who don't have as good a defense. Yeah. I, yeah, I think – I also think that I will say this. I do think Dorsey's still figuring out fully how he wants to use this offense. Yeah. I think he had, he knows how he wants to use everybody, but he just doesn't know how he wants to put it all together. Yeah. Percentages. When yeah. are we doing this? When are we doing that? Um, yeah. How many times do I want to do this? How many times do I want to do that? Uh, we running 11 personnel or 12 personnel more. We doing. And I think he, I think at some points you, he just got, overwhelmed and tried to do too much and not even do too much in the sense of crazy gadget plays or crazy anything just for instance i mean i know this is probably going to be the worst we'll see if how good of an example this is but that that overtime game or the, in overtime second and 15 that to me yes it's a horrible call but is it is it one of those plays where he overthinks it he's like oh we're gonna catch him here we're gonna yeah. catch him sleeping and i i saw that a few times throughout the game of just just take just take it and kind of like how with Josh too which we'll get in a little bit later just take what you can get you don't need to do a, a second and 15 run you don't need to you know do a dump off on a second and eight or a third and eight you don't need to do a screen pass you can you can throw it you know and and I think he just tries to tries to trick the defense too much and that hurts down the road and I think just we wanted to see the offense simplified and i think we saw it simplified at times and early on 
But I think once the game went on, it started to get less and less simplified instead of just get it out of his hands, get it out of his hands or just. And I think that ended up hurting the offense down the road because even times where why Kincaid, we talked about a Kincaid and this is another thing you, I guess you can, you can go into um, right after is Kincaid when thrown, there was a lot of times where I thought he should have been throwing the ball more than oh. he did. He, he, he was getting open. Well, and it, it was a lot of times it was just, Two yards downfield, three yards downfield. Just give him the ball and get him. He's a sick, he's a big guy. He's not, he's going to be able to. 45. Yeah, let him get the ball in his hands. Let him get going. You saw it with Knox here and there. Just, they got, what do they do? Just give it to Knox and let him run some guys. You saw it early in the game. Just let him run some guys over. So I think at the end of the day, it's one, if Josh and Dorsey, both of them just have to keep it simplified and not get away from it if it's not working. For, for one or two drives. I think that, and we, we're trying to ignore Josh here, I think that Josh Allen and Ken Dorsey, you know, when, when they're calling these plays, are not necessarily seeing the field the same. I think that, that, that Ken Dorsey is calling this play for this purpose, and he hopes that Josh is going to see the read that he's thinking he's going to see. And then Josh is like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble, when he's really not in trouble, and then launches one down the field, in single high safety coverage with a corner draping on the back of the receiver, which becomes double coverage down the field and those interception. I think that Dorsey's scheme was very, very good yesterday and Josh failed to execute it. That's, that's just where I'm standing on that. Like the interception to Davis, he had digs right in front of him. Yep. Short. Get the first down. Just t- take what you can get. Get the first down. Like you said it. Take what you can get, Josh. I think yeah. that the jitters were there. The schematic changes might have been a little much for Josh at that point because he'd been with Dable for so long. And then last year, they ran such a similar scheme to what they'd run all those years with Dable. And now you're seeing some schematic changes with two tight ends. And you're seeing schematic changes with, you know, the way that they're running Gabe Davis. You know, he's not only running deep now. You're seeing schematic changes with the run and the run fits and more motion. And screens. What the hell's a screen? We we haven't seen a screen in like three and a half years. We're running screens. Or at least, now. A, what? Or at least even one that resembles looking like a screen. Maybe we've yeah. attempted one. Yeah, so the, the, like the, the, the minute little changes that we expect quarterbacks in the NFL to really understand and, and just grasp immediately. It's like, I haven't run a screen in like three years. Like, what are you talking about? A screen? Like, yeah, Josh, throw it short. Like, seven yards that way. Like he's right there. Just hit him real quick, and then he's gonna go because he's fast, yeah. or he's big, and he's gonna truck people. And I think Josh is gonna take maybe a little time to get around that. And having a couple of easy games here coming up with the Raiders and then the Commanders' defense, who their defensive line is good, but the rest of their defense, I don't even know who the hell they are. Yeah. I think that having a couple of simpler games or easier games is gonna be able to give Josh the time to really grasp it. And I think that having the number four defense in the NFL last year come, you know, or, or we go to their house, almost beat them, but struggle because of changes within our scheme and then the toughness of theirs really played a toll on Josh Allen. And I think that Josh Allen, he had a – look, he, he took a big major Amber Heard dump on the bed. And then all of a sudden, people are panicking. Like, relax, relax. It's early. It's early. It's, an, it's, it's a new scheme. Same coordinator, new scheme. Yeah. Same yeah. same language, but new scheme. Yeah. Let it let it build, let it marinate for a minute, so that way this offense can get going. And if it gets going in the direction that Dorsey envisions it, I'm pretty sure this is going to be a monster offense. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree. I think, it, it, look, I think they've been they finally have the crew that they've been wanting for a while with you know a double tight end with a guy like Kincaid coming out here. And, you know, they have gadget guys all like with Hardy. They have a Sherfield who can do a little bit of everything. And I think it, like you like you're alluding to it's, it will take a little time, right? It's week one. Let's, you know, let's see what, what goes on and we'll get into, we'll just go right into Josh, right? Josh's struggles. It's a lot of, most of it, if not all of it was Josh that the last last game on uh, on Monday night, and I think one thing though that I will say Dorsey I don't think knows what to do that Dable does is calm Josh down. 
I think you saw, and yes, you know, it's it's hard to do. Dable didn't do it every time, but you saw it here and there where Dable was able to, you know, say, let's bring it, bring it back in here. Let's bring it in here, Josh. Like you, you know, like he Josh knows too. Like that's the thing is Josh knows. Like some people are act, acting like Josh doesn't know. Josh knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing wrong. And he knows what he needs to do to fix it. It's just he's an in-the-moment player. He is a, and I say it all the time, he is a Brett Favre gunslinging. He's going to turn it over, but he's also going to make plays that nobody else can. So I'm not worried really with him. And you can you know go on if you think you're worried at all too. I also think part of it is the Jets, which I'll just, by the way, I'm just going to bring up his stats against the Jets. One in his career and then two last year. Or I'll start with last year. Last year, by the way, he averaged 176 passing yards with one touchdown and two interceptions in two games. So that's what that was his averages through the two games. In his career against the Jets, he has nine passing touchdowns, 10 interceptions, only averaging 6.6 yards per attempt, 63% completion percentage, six rushing touchdowns, but 10 fumbles and seven of them lost. It, it, it just, to me, seems like something about the Jets gets him rattled and just makes it so it's it's it, it just is tough for him to and i don't know if it's the defensive line if it's quinn it could be just quinn and williams for all i know but it just seems like something against the jets just gets him off and just he can't reel it back in and Agreed. Agreed. he's got to figure it out he's just got he it just comes down to josh figuring it out and i think that's why another reason why i think he'll be fine is it just seems like the jets just have his number Agree, and I said that earlier too. He, the Jets have his number. They don't have the Bills' number, but they have Josh's number. He doesn't play good against the Jets. He just never has. Uh, he plays excellent against the Dolphins and the Patriots, but he just—I don't know what it is about the Jets. They suck, but for some reason they're good against Josh. And there's always that really, really good quarterback who has one team they struggle against. Like look yep. at Joe Burrow and the Browns. He just doesn't—he doesn't play the best against the Browns. They. The Bengals play very good against the Browns regularly, but he just doesn't put up the best stat line against the Browns. The Bills have that with the Jets. Um, every every team has that kryptonite that's just out there, and you, you struggle. The only one that didn't was like the Patriots for those 20 years where they had Brady where he just, they do this, they do that, they do this, they do that, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And th that was that was the one like guy who just didn't. Every now and then, people are like, he struggled against the Dolphins. He was like 40 and 20 against the Dolphins. He won double the amount of games that he lost. You calling yeah. that struggling? Like, shut up. That's nonsense. That's that's yeah. that's BS. Sorry. Yeah. But like he just he doesn't play good against the Jets. I I, I don't like it any more than anybody this else. Is, does. This is the perfect comment, I think, actually. It, it, it is true. They look at the guys that they drafted, the Jets. Yep. Look at it. Like Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson. Johnson was built Pretty to good. chase Allen down. And you saw it Jermaine Johnson's first year where he tracked J Josh Allen. He, he, most guys, Johnson. most defensive ends, defensive linemen, Josh can get around. He can get out and at least or, evade a little bit. Yeah. Or do that. Jermaine Johnson last year, that was one of the most impressive things I still think for me was just seeing him track Josh down. So yes, they built this defense to stop Josh Allen. And it's working right now. And Josh needs to be the one to figure it out. Yeah, and he could have yesterday because there were openings to do it. Mm -hmm. There were openings to do it. There were openings for him. And shout out to my brother. He was in the crowd. Uh, but the uh, – love you, bro. The, Josh Allen could have taken the reins. He could have grabbed the bull by the horns in this game. The opportunities were there short to just dink and dunk him Brady style. Yeah. Brady style, oh, you're running cover two? Cool. That means that the short, intermediate, middle is open. Think, oh, you're running cover three now. Cool. The flat's open. Dunk. Oh, you're mm -hmm. running cover six now. That means you're in cover two half the field. You're in cover three other, other half the field. That means that my tight end's going to be able to run a post corner. Hit him there. Like, he, he's just not reading the field against the Jets, and I think it's because he historically hasn't played good against them, but last year they hurt him. Yep. Last year they hurt him, and that injury – Lingered for the whole year, even though we won most of the games last year. After the the you know, after the two games from the uh, the Vikings and the Jets, we won the rest of our games that year. We didn't lose in the game until the playoffs, and that's with with a partially torn UCL in his elbow. 
he still was good enough to do all that. Yep. And I, I, dude, just imagine them wearing a different color and then do it because he, he's seeing Sam Darnold ghosts. Yep. I don't like it. Yeah. But the Jets obviously have to set now. So, yeah. At the end of the day, I think we both would agree on it's week one. And if it lingers throughout the season, yeah, sure. Then we can start to worry. If it's week nine, week 10, and he's got 15 turnout, 15 interceptions, 12 interceptions. Yeah. Then we could start to worry, but there was plenty of offenses that struggled on Sunday and, you know, Thursday, even chiefs struggled a little bit here and there. They had some drops, right. And then Bengals struggled mightily. The Steelers almost didn't get a first down until halftime. Uh, I mean, it, it, every it's week one. We see th- weird things happen all the time, and yes, yeah. It, it every every year we it's it's every year week one. People are like surprised that somebody sometimes it takes these guys to get going, and I like I get the concern, but I also don't get the concern to the point where people are at yet. So I, I think for now, let's wait and see if Josh struggles Sunday. Sure. We can have a different conversation. If he really, if he throws another three bad interceptions against the Raiders. Yeah. Let's have a conversation about what needs to change. What really needs to change with Josh. Yeah. But for now, I think we're good, but I want to move on to the other quarterback that was in this game that we didn't see much of because he got injured and we did to allude to it a little earlier. Aaron Rodgers. obviously right we all know. Yeah, I look, I, I get everybody hates Aaron Rodgers. I do think we need to say though that he we don't want anybody getting injured. We want I wanted to see him on the field. I wanted to play Aaron Rodgers, and I think a lot of Bills fans did. So yes, it sucks to see him go down. I hope that he can get back healthy. Um, but with Rodgers being injured, where does this leave the Jets to you, whether it, when it comes to the division, the conference? What do you think? You know, even what what do you even think they could do at, at at quarterback because the Patriots looked pretty good against the Eagles besides maybe the first five minutes of the game. The Dolphins offense looked unbelievable. So where do you have them right now in the division? I think there's a lot of context here. And uh, so obviously currently they're first in the division because they won a divisional game week one. The Dolphins won their game, but it was a conference game, not a divisional game. So it's Jets one, Dolphins two, then Patriots and the Bills. We're technically last in the division right now. The Patriots lost a out of conference game to the Super Bowl loser last year. The Dol- the, the the Jets are going to be fighting for third place in the division when they, when it comes to the end of the season against the Patriots. Aaron Rodgers was their trump card. He mm-hmm. was he was the big joker in the big spades game that was supposed to you know deliver them a, at least a decent season at quarterback and help them to the promised land. The playoffs, not the Super Bowl, because I don't think it was going to happen. But yeah. get them to the playoffs, make a deep run, impress everybody, maybe win a division. He's gone. Now you have Zach Wilson. Now Zach Wilson's more mobile, obviously, than Aaron Rodgers, because he was running for his life and succeeding at that. Um, but he's not. The, he's not half the passer. He's not a quarter of the passer that Aaron Rodgers is. We're talking about possibly the greatest thrower of the football ever in Aaron Rodgers and he's out for the year and I hate to see it by injury it's very unfortunate that it's because of an injury but that what other way would it be and so now that threat to me is neutralized even if we lose them the next time we play them because Josh just can't get out of his head against the Jets if we win all the rest of the games and lose twice to the Jets whatever okay they got our number but they're not in the playoffs so who cares we got to see other teams in the playoffs and other teams that we can compete against that Josh doesn't have in his freaking head. So to me, it's, it's really a, a game of we won the, they won the battle, but we're winning the war. Yeah. And so I'm not worried about the dolphins. They put up 36 on the chargers. They got good defensive ends, but the rest of their defense is whatever. JC Jackson's good, but they put him one-on-one Tyreek Hill. The dumbest thing you can do is put somebody one on one on Tyreek Hill. That's the dumbest. That's the dumbest thing you can do. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, how inept is your coach? I don't know. We're gonna put a corner one on one Tyreek Hill with no safety help over the top. There you go. That's how dumb you are. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Uh, and they lost because of it. 
It's their own yeah. stupid fault. Uh, the Patriots, they're winning just because of coaching. Or not winning, but like they're they're going to get their wins just because their coaching on defense is good. Their offense is talentless. He's got Mac Jones at quarterback. He's not terrible, but he's not good. Uh, I would take Gardner Minshew, who we talked about earlier, over Mac Jones any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Um, wide receivers are, are, are decent, but they don't have a number one. Their tight ends are good. Uh, you know, Hunter's good. I like him. Running back, they're good. Ramondre Stevenson is, is, is good. Their offensive line's solid. So the Patriots are probably going to be third in the division now. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be the Bills and the Dolphins fighting for the number one spot. This went from a three-team race to a two-team race. We're behind the eight ball right now, and we're going to see the Dolphins in week four, and we're going to see what's up. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I agree with, you know, I, I think the Jets at this point, they're fighting for third. I just – the Dolphins to me, they, they looked good. Yes, it was against the Chargers who don't exactly have the best, you know – secondary linebackers they don't the best you know after the after you get past the front four it's, it's pretty rough and but or but i will say i do i do think the dolphins it, it's their scheme with with the two wideouts they're going to be good they're going to be a top tier team so yes it's between the bills dolphins bills and dolphins i think for this division patriots are however a team that does scare me not to win the division not to do any but when it comes to just facing them I say it every year; they're always going to have a top tier defense. They might have the best defense in the league coming into this se- going into the season for the rest of the season. So we'll see. It's just it, it's. I think the Patriots are a team that you don't want to. You, you you're not going to be quicker, or not quicker. Sorry, I just read one of the comments. You're not going to be. You're not going to be worried that they're going to knock you out of the playoffs or. or because they're not going to get to the playoffs, in my opinion, but they're a team that you don't want to play. They're a team that's going to be a tough out. And you're not going to want to play that defense. You're not going to want to play even a team like the Bills, who, yeah, they have another great defense, but how are they going to fare against an offense like that with Ramondi Stevens, with Ezekiel Elliott, who I know Zeke's, you know, towards the end of his career, but he's still got some miles there. I, I do like Kendrick Bourne, and now they actually have a real offensive coordinator. They don't have Matt Patricia there anymore. So the Patriots are a team that they don't scare me to win the division, but you don't want to play them. They're, they're a team that they're going to be a tough team to beat. Um, Jets, I don't really know where they go from here. I mean, we talked about it before the show. It would have been funny if they would have traded for Trey Lance. That should have probably – I mean, it would have worked out now. Maybe. Who knows? We don't know. We don't even know what Trey Lance would look like as a starting quarterback. Um I, we joked around about, yeah, we we joked around about how funny it would be if Tom Brady came back to play for the Patriots. That's not happening, or not for That's the Patriots, for the Jets. Um, that would be hilarious. Not going to happen, but that'd be absolutely hilarious if it did. Um, we talked about Gardner Minshew, Jacoby Brissett. Neither of them really scare me, but like a guy like Gardner Minshew, we talked about. I we both we both might be two of the biggest fans of Gardner Minshew. Um, I like him. I, I've liked him ever since he, you know, even when he was back in Jacksonville, he looked, I thought he looked pretty, pretty solid. Um, I know he, I think he's going to be a great career backup in this league. And I think he could be a Ryan Fitzpatrick esque if you need him to play a certain amount of games or here and there. He can, he can maybe not be the style that Ryan Fitzpatrick was, but that type of journeyman quarterback. Um, yeah. But I just, yeah, I don't know where the Jets go here. It's they still have a top tier defense. Do they go out and make a trade? Who knows? I mean, there's a million things they can do. I just think if they stick with Zach Wilson, it's easily bottom of the division. Easily. Carson Wentz is out there. Could always go for him, right? Yeah, Carson Wentz is there. We talked about we talked about before the show, even bringing him in for the Bills backup. That's that might be a conversation though. Maybe next week if Josh keeps struggling, we'll have to talk about backups. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I just think this division is still it's still a great division. It's got some great defenses in the division. It's got some great playmakers in the division. Um, Defensive wise, this is the, probably the best division in football. Oh yeah, I, I think it's got to be. I'm trying to think of if there's even a division that would maybe rival it. And I the NFC East with the uh, Cowboys and the Eagles. That that's another one. Yeah, but and, uh, the, the Niners' defense was number one last year, but the rest of those defenses in that division suck. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I just think when it comes to though this division, it's it's going to be. Like you said, Bills, Dolphins, they're going to be fighting for the top. 
Patriots, I think, will solidify the third unless the Dolphins make a QB change, and then it will be a fight for third because I just don't see. I mean, what are the Jets? There's even talk about them bringing Philip Rivers back out of retirement. Go ahead, do it. We saw how it worked out for the Colts. Like, come on. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see what they do. Here's the thing: was that with that Jets offensive line, you can't bring in a quarterback that moves like a freaking filing cabinet. Like, yeah. you got to have somebody that moves around. Somebody with some legs. You bring in Matt Ryan, he's going to be hurt tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be – we'll see what they do. I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened for the Jets. I think it unfortunately is something that we'll hear about all year as Bills fans, if, especially if they win a win the division, right? If the Bills win the division, it's going to be, oh, well, what if Aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt? Well, we we don't know. We'll never know. Um, no yeah, not a problem. We're going to do our job. But – Let's move on, though. I think that's enough Jets Bills talk for for today, for tonight at least. Um, we gotta, yeah, for the for the you know we got to start getting ready. We got another game coming up, right? Four days, four days. Okay. Ago. Yeah, and it's coming against the I almost said Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders, who got a win week one against the Denver Broncos. Maybe shouldn't have because Sean Payton made some questionable decisions throughout the game, um, but they did get a win, close one. Uh, some some news from the Raiders. Devontae Adams didn't practice. Jacoby Myers didn't practice, which Jacoby Myers, I think, was expected after the hit that he took. Um, so Jacoby Myers expected. Devontae Adams, I didn't hear anything about, oh, it's going to be threatened his status to play or anything. Um, so we should see him out there. But when we look at this game, they're coming to Buffalo. It's the home opener. Going to be very hyped up. It's going to be one of the loud game. What to you is the biggest worry for the Bills going into this game um, when the Raiders are coming into town. Yeah, Josh Allen stubs his toe on the way into the building. <laughs> All right. That's fair. If Josh I, Allen I, has a game like he did against the Jets, we still smoke the Raiders. I don't think this is a close game. It, it, they played the Broncos. They beat them by one. The Broncos were trash. Sorry. Not sorry. And in comments we have, don't sleep on the Raiders. Look, I sleep well this week knowing we play the Raiders next. I sleep very well. I might go to sleep right after this game because thinking about the Raiders, I'm tired already. Like, and I, 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 I can sleep on the Raiders because I don't play the game, right? Like, I don't play football. I talk about it, right? I break it down. I look at the tape. You do the same thing. You, you don't, you don't play the game, so we can sleep on them all we want. Look, if, if Devontae Adams and Myers play this game, we smoke the Raiders like 38 to 17. Yeah. If. Devontae Adams doesn't play. It's 38 to 3. Like, this is not a you're talking about the Bills coming off this loss against the Jets, pissed off with more talent, with better lines on both sides. Like our offensive line is better than their defensive line. Better coaching. Coaching, yep. They have Crosby. He's good. Who's their other defensive lineman? I have no idea. Cleveland Farrell's gone and he sucked. I don't know how I remember his name. Chandler Jones isn't playing. That's why I don't remember because I, I definitely remember Chandler. We talked about Chandler Jones before the show. Yeah. We talked he's about Chandler yeah, he, He's out. So no Chandler Jones. Max Crosby is your best defensive player out there. I can't name another defender on that team. Trayvon Morig is playing. He's hurt right now. I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, who? <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, look, here's the one thing I will say, though. I will give the Raiders the one thing that does worry me, and you can, you know, say if I'm crazy on this. One is the one of the guys you mentioned, Max Crosby, scares the hell out of me. Beast. He can be one of those guys that gets Josh rattled, especially if he's a guy going against Spencer Brown all night. If Max Brown versus or Max Crosby versus Spencer Brown all night, that scares me enough to, to the, him. enough to, enough to the point that where I will be worried to lose the game. No, but if it's a close game in the fourth. You better believe I'm gonna be we better keep an eye on Max Crosby wherever he's lining up. And then on the offensive side of the ball, I am gonna bring him up. And this is another comment, which I the, the rushing yards, I guess I will say that was a little skewed because you know Bryce Brees Hall had two massive runs. But Josh Jacobs does worry, worry me. He's a he was led the league in rushing last year. He is looking for something to prove this year because he does not want to be franchised again even though i i he's gonna. who knows he's gonna um he's gonna. 
Yeah, he's gonna. I never understood why him or Barkley signed the contract. They should have just signed the franchise tag, guarantee you're not tagged next year. But that's a different conversation. But those are the two guys. Those are the two guys that that, that, yeah, those are the two guys though that really, really worry me, Max Crosby and Josh Jacobs, enough to the point where I think the Bills should be worried to win in this game. No, because like you said, they have a better team. Um and Alluding to the comment that just came in from Derek Myers, Jacoby Myers looked good. Yeah, Jacoby Myers looked good, except Jacoby Myers took a dirty hit at the end of the game right to the head and probably won't play. Um, So that I would be a little more worried, I think, if you had Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Josh Jacobs, and then on the other side, Max Crosby. But at the end of the day, it's just you have is is Jimmy Garoppolo going to shoot win in a shootout against Josh Allen? No, no. And it's it's. I mean, with this pass rush, you'll be able to get to him all day, every day. I mean, it's not like and he moves like a filing cabinet. Yeah, he barely even moves sometimes. Sometimes he'll just stand there and take it. So the Raiders don't really worry me too, too much. Um, so that yeah, worry wise, there's not too much really to be worried about. But when you look at the Bills, though, what's the biggest advantage that you look at when it comes to the, to facing the Raiders? The biggest advantage I see facing the Raiders is our entire offense against their defense. There's not a there's, there's one defensive player on that defense that scares me. Uh, the other one that would be there, Chandler Jones, isn't there. I don't see any of them guarding Stefan Diggs. I don't see any of them being able to keep up with Davis down the field. I don't see any of them being able to contain freaking uh, Kincaid or Dawson Knox. I don't know how they're stopping the run. If we decide to just run it down their throat the whole game, we're going to win 28 to zip just running the ball. And that's because we have three backs who can run the ball. And the offensive line is improved. They're, they're, are they better at running run blocking? Not that much. But the defensive line is so inept, who cares? Yeah. Like, James Cook should eat. I wouldn't be surprised if I see in the first drive, James Cook run a 60-yarder into the end zone. Yeah. Who's going to stop them? I don't know. Now, they played the Broncos. They played them well. They beat, they won. So, you know, well enough. But there's, the, there's levels to the game. Week there's one. Just, there's just levels to the game. And week one, they didn't know. I thought they should have beat the Broncos. I thought she beat the Broncos better than that. I, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is such a mismatch to me. And the Raiders are one and we're zero and one, so it's kind of one of those things where you're like, "Well, they won a game." It's like, yeah, but they played bums. Yeah, like we played the one of the top four defenses in the NFL, and they played the Broncos with no Bradley Chubb, their best player is Sertain, and uh, their safety. What's I forget his name? Uh oh, Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, or not Isaiah Simmons? Uh, Justin. Justin Simmons. There we go. Isaiah Simmons sucks. Um, <laughs> Justin Simmons. Oh. So their secondary is the best part of their scheme. So they could run all over them because their defensive line isn't that great. Yeah. I, I'm going to take a little different route, though. Sorry to cut you off here. If you, I don't know if you got anything else. Got it. All right. So I do have – I'm going to take a little different route. I think the biggest advantage is – doesn't have to do with a single player. doesn't have to do with a single anything. It's specific. – I'm going to say it. Same thing, actually, I said last week, which I thought – I still think that they played better was – I or they that they did better. I thought – Sean McDermott did out-coach Robert Sala last game. And I think if it wasn't for Josh having three turnovers, it would have been more evident. Um, and I'm going to say the same thing this week. Do you remember the last time? And I believe – I could be wrong on this, but I'm like 99% sure this is the last time. You remember the last time that Josh McDaniels coached against the Buffalo Bills when he didn't have Tom Brady? Uh, yeah, wasn't that 47-17? to 17? 47-17. Uh, no, I believe he was already gone by then. But if it, even if it is not that, so it's either that or it's when Jacoby Brissett was on the Patriots and Tom Brady was suspended for the first four games and the Bills shut oh. them out. McDaniels was there for 47-17. Okay, last so either year, way. Last year was his first year with the Raiders, and the year before that we smoked the, Ra- the, the Patriots 47-17 in the playoffs. You are right, but either way. So the past two times. We could go look at the past two times. One – is or may, not even the past two times because I'm getting it all mixed up with the years, but either way, we've seen it happen without Tom Brady before. They it, it, it's without Tom Brady, Josh, McD- Josh McDaniels is a glorified 
Rex Ryan ground the ball, ground and pound the ball. Uh, Tebow. Yeah, ground and pound on the offense. Let's see what happens. Like Josh Jacobs, if, if they're lucky, Josh Jacobs is back on this team because without Josh Jacobs, oh my, like this team would have this offense would have been atrocious. And yeah, they have Devontae Adams. Yeah, they have you know Jacoby Myers had a good game week one. They have Hunter Renfro, who's a solid player. But at the end of the day, they have Josh McDaniels, who already failed as a head coach in Denver. And now he's back in in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and it's not looking like it's going to be going much better for the future for them. Um, I know, again, they won week one. It's week one. I, I don't know how many times I'm going to say it. This, this I, I would love to – we should have had a counter. That would have been a great one. If we, we should have had a counter for how many times we have said, either me or you well, have said. Surprise, I don't. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I just think at the end of the day, it's going to be coaching is going to make the biggest difference. Um and yeah, it, it the Bills should not lose this game. If they lose this game, I think that this is the this is another great comment from Joey. If we're having the same conversation next week, we're, yeah, we're in trouble. Um, if <laughs> if we're yeah, huge trouble. If we, if we have a if we play if we lose bad to the to the Raiders, then yeah, we can have a conversation about this team real deep. But right Losing now, the Raiders is bad to the Raiders. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, it is. It <laughs> lowers lose- their chances at getting. Caleb, uh, Caleb Williams, and it's just, yeah. Either way, we'll move on, though, from the advantages and get into the last final bit. We're almost done here. Going to wrap it up. But what, to you, that hurts. is your game prediction? And if you got a hot take or two or three, I got three of them. So if, uh, how many you got? If you got a hot take plus game prediction, what do you got? Uh, I don't have a hot take because okay. I don't think – Predicting anything, I think if I, if I said 45 to zip bills, it wouldn't be a hot take, right? But I'm not predicting that much because I don't think I don't think Sean McDermott's that much of an a-hole. Just don't. I see us taking the lead in the first half, running the ball mostly in the second half, taking the win and being done with it. I see Josh Jacobs being the factor on their offense. This is why I said 38 to 17 because I see them kicking a field goal and I see Josh Jacobs getting two touchdowns. Two touchdowns because he is their offense. I see him getting one on the ground and one through the air. The one through the air will be probably a goal line thing. You know, they kind of screen it his way. He goes in, touchdown. He will be their entire offense that game. It's going to be Josh Jacobs' show. He's going to have 160 yards, you know, receiving maybe. I don't know. It's going to be the Josh Jacobs' show. Uh, I don't think we'll struggle that much against him, but he's he's just – He's, he's that damn good. Josh Jacobs is, is that he's that good. Yeah. He led the league in rushing last year on the Raiders. <laughs> okay. On the Raiders, he led the league in rushing. He's that good. I don't know why people sleep on him and be like, who's the best running back in the league? Derrick Henry. Shut the hell up. Nick Chubb. I mean, kind of close. Yeah. Uh, Saquon Barkley. I don't know. He's always hurt. Josh Jacobs has been healthy the last four years. Five years. And Josh Jacobs on the Raiders last year led the league in rushing. Anybody who tells me he's not the best running back in the NFL right now, shut the hell up. I'm done. He's gonna he's gonna get his money. He's gonna get his yards. He's gonna produce to an extent, right? If, if he's going in the hole and it's freaking Terrell Bernard there, he's gonna win fifty percent of the time. He's gonna if he gets hit clean by Terrell Bernard, Terrell Bernard's gonna win that one. He's a good tackler. But you're talking about the best running back in the NFL, in my opinion, Josh Jacobs. He's going to win that half the time, yeah. even against this Ro Bernard, who's yeah. a good tackler. You're, it's he's he's going to be their saving grace at times when they play a bad team. They play the Jets. He's going to be the one to kick their ass, and he's going to be the one to give them a bright spot against the Bills. It's going to be Josh Jacobs, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any ill will towards Jimmy Garoppolo or any of those other guys, but if they're missing Devontae Adams and they have no threat through the air, Josh Jacobs is going to have a harder day than he than he's supposed to. And they're going to run traditional 4-3 style defenses. And he's going to have to deal with three linebackers and Matt Milano, Terrell Bernard, and Dorian Williams. And in that case, it's going to be a lot more difficult for him to run the ball. So... They better hope they have Myers or Adams, but if they have Myers and not Adams, way harder. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, what was your official score prediction? I forgot. 38-17. 38-17. That's a solid one. It's a solid one. Um, also, you guys can leave down below your what your hot takes are, your score predictions down below. I'm going to go 27-17. Um, I think it will be a game where the Bills get up a little early. It could be 20, you know, 24 to three at half and then they kind of play more relaxed second half and don't really don't really keep the foot on the pedal the whole time and you know just kind of run the ball run some clock Raiders get some garbage time touchdowns in the fourth um so I, th- I think 27 uh, 17 um I think this is a harder game to predict because you know it's it, it, it's two teams that I, th- I do think the Raiders offense matches up decently well against the bills but I still think it will struggle um, so it's, 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 it's good. I think a tougher game to predict when it comes to exact score. Um, but my hot takes, I got three of them. One, I think Josh bounces back. I think he's got two touched, only two touchdowns, no interceptions. So I'm going to say two touchdowns, no interceptions though. Um, I think the bills defense gets two takeaways, maybe three, depending on, you know, how much pressure they're getting on Garoppolo. Um, and then you said that you think Josh Jacobs gets one on the air and, and on the ground. I think James Cook does the same thing. I think he gets one in the air and one on the ground. That is my, I guess, hotter take of the whole whole. Stuff. No, that's a hot take. Man. So I think, yeah, I think he gets one on the ground and one through the air. Um, so I, before we head off though and wrap this up, I want to bring up some of the some of the, everybody else's. Kincaid having a touchdown. I like that one. I th- I could Agreed. very well see that happening. Uh, get him first home game. Get him his first touchdown. Give me a yak touchdown too. He's gonna catch yeah. it short and then take it to the house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll bring this up over under two interceptions. I already answered. I'm I'm going under. Uh, going under I just two. don't think that's gonna happen. Um, There's too much running in the game from the Raiders, and that the Bills' offense against the Raiders' defense isn't gonna produce any. So you might see one from Jimmy Garoppolo. If it's one by Josh Allen, it's one that a receiver kind of oops, and then go to a defender. But uh, I don't see it happening. Yeah, um, I'm guessing he meant Matt Milano will have one interception. I'm just gonna guess, uh, and Trey will have one. Hopefully, I would love to see that Trey redeem You're himself. Not Trey's way. I also want to say Trey redeeming himself. I don't think Trey has to redeem himself. That was just a phenomenal catch. I, I'll give him credit. Every year perfect, we talk about. It. We also talked about it before the game, before the episode. It seems like every year the Bills play and lose the close game. And with same the same game being catch of the year, it happened last year with with Justin Jefferson. The year before that, with Julio Jones on the Titans. The year before that, uh, I believe then was oh uh, we went over this Hal Murray, and then the year before that was I'm blanking on it, but I will probably it remember. Was, uh, right Deshaun Watson to guy who's always on the Bills, play special teams, twenty five. Uh, oh, I know who we're talking about, but we're both blanking on it. Running back, but either got way, hit, got hit in the head, bloody face the one year when he lost his helmet. I oh, Taiwan Jones. There you go, Taiwan. Yeah, Taiwan Jones. So either way, Bills always have it against the against them. That happens. So we got already got out of the way. Hey, we got out of the way early. Got out of the way early this year. Um, but yeah, so I like that one. Go. I see Goapolo throws three interceptions up here. Could see that very well happening. Josh is out for vengeance. Three fifty, four touchdowns. Again, see could see that happening. Um, and then I just last comment I want to bring up. I'll say all I'll say about this. Yes, he's correct. I it's don't hard think for true. it's hard for any team. Well, I've, we've seen it a couple times, but every last team always has every every game though. There, there's usually every game, majority of games. It's hard for a full a team to play a full sixty minutes. Um, besides, you know, the playoff game against the Patriots, which is phenomenal, or the Titans game that you mentioned last season. Um, it's very rare. So it, it's it's rare to see that. So, um, yeah. But I think we, uh, we we went over pretty much all of them. I think that's all of them, at least. Uh, if I missed yours, I apologize. Um, you can let us know next week and make sure I don't miss it next week. Um, but, yeah, that's going to do it for us, though. Around the off the edge, we kind of got all, a little bit off there. So, uh, okay, what do you got? Do you got anything to wrap it up before before we wrap it up here? Uh, yeah, everybody get your blankets ready because um, you're going to want to cover up after you get real cozy with the Bills' lead this Sunday, okay? You're going to want to take a nap. You're going to wake up, and it's going to be 38 to 17, like I said, and just 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 get cozy. You know, get your wings, get your, get your blue cheese, all you softies with your ranch, go ahead and do that, whatever. 
you know, you're a Bills fan. I'm, I'm with you there. Do your thing. But, yeah, just, just get cozy on Sunday. Get comfortable. Enjoy the game. And uh, go Bills. Yeah. Go Bills. Go Bills. And we'll see you guys Sunday. Um, if you guys are tailgating, I will be over in between that lot kind of by – Kind of by De- uh, Denny's and um, Big Tree Inn. So if you guys want to stop by and see me there, I will be there. Uh, Izzy, are you gonna be? Are you gonna be anywhere tailgating at all or anything? I live in North Carolina, buddy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. Oh my gosh, I was that was like that's why. Okay, so but won't see Izzy. I'm hoping Maybe to come see you this year, though. I'm hoping to come yeah. see you this year. Yeah, so we will see him this year. But um, if you want to come stop by, come stop by. I see us. We'll see you there. Um, exciting game. Should be a big one. Izzy's already ready. This is how you'll see him the whole game. He'll be sitting cozy. back like that. He'll be cozy the whole game. We'll be ready to go. Um, but, yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in. You guys were absolutely awesome as you were last week, as I know you guys are going to be this whole season. So uh, we'll <laughs> – We'll see you guys next week. Izzy will probably still be sleeping next week. Um, But uh, yeah, thanks for everybody for tuning in. This is another episode of Off the Edge, and we will see you guys next week. Go Bills!